Hey guys, Pastor Travis here from Unity Church Magnolia. We are excited that you chose to listen to this podcast. We pray that it will bring you hope, peace, and encouragement for your journey with Christ. God bless you as you listen. Titled The Empowerment. Somebody say The Empowerment. Last week we talked about the hard choices, but it is the empowerment that gives us the ability to make the hard choices. You see, God wants us to be faithful to finish. You know, I think sometimes we put a lot of the emphasis on how we, we start life or how we're doing life right now, but really what counts is how we're going to finish. Can somebody say amen? And God wants us to make the hard choices, but it is the empowerment that gives us the ability to make the hard choices. So we're going to read our scripture for the month here. 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says this, For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us, somebody say that word, gives us what? Power, love, and self-discipline. And so here's the deal. Power without discipline is dangerous. Power without discipline is dangerous. So why is God going to empower you if you're not disciplined enough to use that power the correct way? So we all say, God, I want your power. I want your, I want your empowerment. But God says, if you can be disciplined and you can prove yourself to be faithful in the small things, then maybe he's going to bless you with something bigger. Can somebody say that? So God wants to bless us with the power, but you've got to have the self-discipline to maintain that power. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive and well, that it speaks truth to us on a daily basis. God, today I pray that you speak to our hearts change our lives in Jesus name everybody said amen can somebody give this worship team a hand this morning they did fantastic fantastic thank you guys so much uh, before I get into my message I've got something to prove uh, you know uh, somebody asked me that one time you know do you think you got something to prove well yeah today I do um, and I want to prove to the teenagers you see the teenagers man I'm just gonna be honest with you it's hard to keep teenagers happy can anybody testify to that? Does anybody? Okay, hands everywhere. It's hard to keep teenagers happy, and sometimes, sometimes that's a chore. And we had a great time with them last night at uh, the Speed the Light rally in Hope. Like Pastor Shane said, I'm telling you, I came back this morning and told uh, Mikey and Jasmine. I said I came back a proud papa last night. I can tell you, I'm telling the atmosphere and worship was just phenomenal. It was phenomenal. They did a great job. And they had, I don't know that they had ever all played together before. And so they got together Friday night and practiced. And some of our teenagers that have been helping weren't available for uh, last night. And so they, they put a team together on Friday and knocked it out of the park. Can we give them a hand? Also, because we, we spent a lot of time looking around here. We spent a lot of time here. Uh, we're here week in, week out. Sometimes you can get to that place where you take what you have for granted, and then and then you go somewhere else and kind of see what's going on in the other places. And and even though that's good, I'm telling you, it just made me super duper duper thankful for what we've got here. We have got an awesome pastoral staff. Can we give them a hand this morning? You guys deserve it. But I want to prove. So we have parent night in youth Wednesday night. And uh, Mikey and Jasmine had this awesome game planned out. We, we, we tested it out to make sure that everything worked well. And then the teenagers got in there, and they just could not figure out how to make a chicken fly. And so, so I, I've been getting on to them. Man, I don't understand the problem with you guys. I mean, all you got to do is use a little bit of strength, effort, and abilities to make a chicken fly. Somebody say chicken can fly. All right, Mike and Jasmine, help me out. We're going to prove to you. They said every time, every time they tried to make the chicken fly, it just kind of flopped on the ground or, or came back and hit them. So I'm going to show you how easy it is. How many believes this chicken can fly? <laughs> okay, here we go. All right, are you ready? Okay, if this hits anybody, I apologize in advance.
So let the record show. <laughs> Just because you can't do your part doesn't mean the game doesn't work. All right. Can you give Mikey and Jasmine a hand? They've done a great job with our teenagers. I want everybody to repeat after me. Chickens do fly. All right. Thank you so much for that. Also, I want to make mention, uh, if, if we have some guys uh, available at 1.30 today, Daniel and Catherine Andrews will be moving into their house. We don't need just a whole ton of people, so check with me before, uh, before we finish. We don't want to go with, sometimes you can get too many people there, but we could use a few people to help unload their moving truck. 1.30 today, uh, and you can get with me after service for the details on that, but we are so excited that God has blessed us with full-time Kyle for missionaries here in Magnolia. Can we give God praise for that? So we're believing God, and they're believing God also, uh, not just for themselves, but that God's going to send a staff down here as well. And God is already stirring some hearts to do that here in Magnolia. And so we're, we will have a fully functional, staffed Chi Alpha uh, missions department at Southern Arkansas University. For those that don't know, Chi Alpha is an outreach ministry and a discipleship ministry for college students on campus. They will be on campus full time. And so uh, they're not going to be across the street at the Chi Alpha space that we had. They are going to be on, literally on campus uh, full, uh, in a full time capacity. So one more time. Man, I think God deserves more praise than that. Can we just give him praise? <laughs> Hallelujah. We're praising God for that. Thank you for supporting them. Thank you for getting behind them and supporting them with prayers and also uh, financially for those that are doing that. All right, so let's kick this off. Somebody say the empowerment. Number one, godly discipline is always met with power. Godly discipline is always met with power. Now, there's different disciplines that we have in life, and there's all kind of fads out there, different diets you can go on, and different workout routines, and all that stuff is good because I believe that God wants us to be prosperous in our body as we are in soul and spirit as well. God wants us to be complete. Can somebody say amen? So there's some disciplines that are just natural disciplines that we all need to take. But, but I, what I do know without a doubt is that God wants his people to be disciplined. So godly discipline is always met with power, and that's because God does not expect us to do everything on our own strength. In fact, he wants to partner with you to see the things that he's called you to do accomplished in your life. And so 2 Corinthians 12, 7 through 8 says this, Even though I have received such wonderful revelations from God, it says, So to keep me from becoming proud, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan. Man, that is bad. A messenger from Satan to torment me and keep me from becoming proud. And so here's what Paul's saying. He's saying, hey, I believe I'm a man of God, and I've received tremendous revelations from God. God is, and, and, and God speaks to me, and he showed me things and mysteries and visions and dreams and all these different things, and the miraculous is happening through my life. But to keep me humble, God has allowed a messenger from Satan to be a thorn in my flesh. And so here's what I know. Just because you struggle doesn't mean that you're a bad person. Just because you have a, a, a struggle or just because the enemy is fighting you, I've heard so many people say, well, well, you must not be praying enough or you must not be seeking God enough or you must not be living holy enough. But I can tell you this, that God will allow some things to happen to you to keep you humble and on your knees. Because if you ever get to the point to where you say, I can do this on my own, or I'm doing a good enough job on my own, or I'm, you know, if you get to that place in your life where you don't feel like you need to pray, then something is wrong. Something is wrong. You've been duped. And so here's the deal. God will allow you to have some struggles, some trials, and even some temptations. Did the temptations come from God? No, but he will allow it. He will allow it so that you realize the necessity that you have for the Holy Spirit. And so here we have Paul saying, hey, I've got a thorn in the flesh. And, and here's, here's the kicker in verse 8. It says, three different times, I begged the Lord to take it away. Oh, God, please, I don't want to struggle with this. 
I don't want to deal with this. I don't understand. I'm your follower. I'm a, I'm a minister of the gospel. I, I pay my tithes, Lord. I, I go to church. Even when I don't feel like it, I go to church. God, why is this happening to me? Help me, save me, deliver me. And here's what the, here's what the Lord said to him. He said, each time, he said, hey, hey, son, look, for real, you are not that important. You are not, you are not that good. But my grace, now that was paraphrased, okay? That was, that was the Pastor Travis translation. My grace is all you need. Now that's a powerful statement. And it's a statement we forget when times get hard. My grace is all you, no, I need healing. No, my grace is all you need. Do you need to be healed? Well, yeah, there's times where we need to be healed. But I believe that God's saying, hey, I've given you grace to see you through this time. My grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. The power of God works best in weakness because it's in our weakness that we realize I do need God. I'm not perfect. Pastor Travis isn't perfect. I know that shocks some of you. And you're thinking, I've got to find another church. My pastor's not perfect. I've got weaknesses. There are things that, 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 that I'm weak in. In fact, last week I talked about how, how important it is to have discipline in our bodies and making the hard choices. And when you're walking down the little Debbie aisle, you just keep walking, things like that. And then I looked up and Rick Munker sitting on the back row, the little Debbie man. And I, about halfway through my sentence, it was, it was like this. When you, when you, when you see little Debbies on, on the aisle, you keep... Uh, that's what I felt like on the inside. Uh. And so um, we all have weaknesses. And um, I'll show you something here. You may have a struggle to see it, but I feel like it's important to be transparent uh, with you this morning. But I've got a picture right here of my own brother-in-law eating a little Debbie um, right in front of my face. Uh, uh, so... Um, let me let me zoom that just a little bit. See right there, that's proof. And I sent that to Mr. Rick, and he said, "That's your brother-in-law. Tell him to keep eating them Debbies." <laughs> and a confession, I had one too. One, I had one. <laughs> I did. Don't you? Don't you start with me? I have one. What'd you say? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but the Lord punished me. We went fishing all day long, two different places, and I did not even get a bite. So I was reprimanded. I was reprimanded. Okay. He said, my grace is all you need. If I would have relied on his grace, I could have said no to that. And and the the bigger problem is, is I brought, I'm the one that brought them with me. So, uh, <laughs> your pastor's not perfect. My power works best in your weakness. I'm telling you, that's a profound statement. Does that mean that God wants to keep you weak? No, but He will fill in the gaps for you. The things that you're weak on, the things that you struggle in, the things that you say, I don't know if I can over, um, overcome these things. Think about it. Paul said three different times, I begged the Lord, take this from me. Take this away from me. And he said, my grace is sufficient. Somebody say his grace is sufficient. It says, so now I'm glad to boast about my weakness so that the power of Christ can work through me. I'm telling you, I want to be able to do things with God's strength, not my own strength. My own strength will get me so far. But with God's strength, you can go farther than you can even imagine this morning. God wants to do things according to his own strength. You see, the weak areas in your life will highlight the power of Christ that's living inside of you. That's what I loved about 
you know, the story where Jesus goes back to his hometown. Now, we know that they had unbelief and different things, and it, it limited him on how many miracles he could do there. But one of the things that I loved about it is, well, isn't that, isn't that Joseph's son? He's able to do these? I mean, because, because you see, whenever, whenever God's powers at work within you, it always goes beyond your natural abilities. And it even goes beyond your natural charisma when it comes to dealing with people. Man, is that Pastor Matt? I knew Pastor Travis when, when, he was, when he was growing up. That guy was a knucklehead. What is he doing pastoring? Man, it's, it's, it's because God's power has been at work within me. And, and God wants to do that same thing. God wants to, you to excel in your business, in the workplace, in your homes, in your finances. And I want people to say, man, that can't be Mikey. That has to be God. There's nothing wrong with that. That's, listen, the weakness in your life just simply highlights the power of Christ that's living within you. Because all of your success should be for his namesake. It's not for it's not for Angela or Robert or or Jasmine or or, or or any of us. It's not for us. It has to be for His namesake. So God will highlight His power through your weaknesses. You see, grace empowers you to do God's will, even when you don't want to. Sometimes we don't choose to, but His grace will empower you to do His will even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like getting up and coming to church on Sunday morning, God's grace is sufficient for you. Even though you didn't know we had church on Wednesday nights, we do. And His grace is sufficient for you to make it. You know? Hey, just think, the early church, they, they met together every single day, seven days a week. Now that's, uh, you know, we've got it pretty good Sundays and Wednesdays, right? And so his grace is sufficient for you. It's all you need to do is will, even when you don't feel like it. Somebody say, I want the empowerment. So number one, godly discipline is always met with grace. Number two, by the way, we have provided notes for you now on the back of your bulletin uh, with fill in the blanks. So if you want to access that, you can. Number two, discipline without God's help leads to frustration. Discipline without God's help leads to frustration. How many has ever experienced this? Anybody, or is it just me? You set out at the beginning of the year, you got, you got new diet plans and new exercise plans, and you got all these plans you make at the new year, and without God's help, you know what? I end the year frustrated because I didn't meet my goals, right? But godly discipline, godly discipline, uh, you know, will allow you to accomplish those things. But without God's help, without God's empowerment, you're just going to end up frustrated. You're going to be disappointed in yourself. You're, you're going to be condemning yourself. You're going, you're going to be mad at the world because, it's, you know, I would have worked out if it hadn't have been for my kids and my wife and my job and my pets and, you know, and, and, and all of these things. They've kept me from accomplishing my goals, and now you're just walking through life frustrated. Sometimes we need to look in the mirror. Okay, okay, okay. Psalm 28, 6 through 7 says this, Praise the Lord, for he has heard my cry for mercy. Listen to this. The Lord is my strength and my shield. That word shield literally means breastplate. I trust him with all my heart. He helps me and my heart is filled with joy. I burst out in songs of thanksgiving. Somebody say breastplate. So breastplate in the Bible simply means righteousness. Breastplate simply means and, and symbolizes the word righteousness. So let's look at the scripture. I don't have it on the screen for you, but it says, The Lord is my strength and my righteousness. He is your righteousness. Can I set you free this morning? Well, you say you can't do that, but God can. Well, can I let his word set you free this morning? You can't be righteous on your own strength. You're never going to be good enough. I'm never going to be good enough. And if I try, I'm going to be frustrated. Without God, even your disciplines are going to leave you frustrated. 
We because because we're gonna we're gonna say things like man I don't read enough I don't read the Bible enough I don't pray enough I don't fast enough I don't I don't I don't do enough I don't and and, and we start you know what we we turn our we turn our righteous efforts into selfish ambition of what we think we ought to do how we think we ought to act and but but can I tell you this that when God's power meets your discipline then righteousness will be the result. He is your righteousness. He is your strength, which comes from his power, and he is your righteousness. So what we've got to do, listen, just to, just to help you, just spend time with him. Clothe yourself, the Bible says, with Christ. Clothe yourself with him, man. Spend time with him. Allow him to work in your life, and he will be your righteousness. He'll be your breastplate. Do you know what a breastplate does? It protects your heart. Because without God's power, your heart is going to become downcast and frustrated. You may, man, I've seen Christians who have tried to to earn their place in the kingdom become completely depressed and even suicidal because they never could accomplish their goals on their own strength. They tried to fast. They tried to pray. They tried to, man, you know, even Paul said, I'm going to beat my body into submission, you know, because it won't do what I want it to do. Well, can we be reminded this morning that without God's power, we will never be good enough, but with God's power, he calls us righteous. God gives us the power to live right. He gives you the power to do it. Somebody, look at somebody and say, you can do it. God gives us the power to live right. The power to make the right and hard choices in life. Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. We're going to look at this this morning. It says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and earth. Don't forget, he's still on the throne. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources. Somebody ought to shout at that. His glorious, unlimited resources. He will empower you with inner strength. Oh, come on. We like to talk about his unlimited resources, but listen, the unlimited resources we're talking about is the power that he has deposited inside of you that gives you inner strength to do as you should. Now listen, it says, he does this through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Now wait a minute. America has preached a greasy gospel where all you do is come forward in an altar and say, you know, Father, be my Lord, my Savior, my very best friend, you know, you know and, 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 and now God is living and dwelling inside of your hearts. And now the Bible does say that, that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, we will be saved. Thank God for being saved. He is our Savior. Somebody say he's our Savior. But he also wants to be our Lord. He also wants to be in lordship of our life. He wants to call the shots. We serve a jealous God. That's Bible. Now, I know media has badgered that statement, but that is straight up King James Bible. All right? In fact, if we want to go back, you know, that's just straight word of God. Before King James ever knew who King James was. That's Bible. Somebody said that's Bible. He's jealous. He wants the place of lordship or he wants nothing. And so this says, let's read this again. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through the spirit. Verse 17 says, then, then somebody say then, Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him when will Christ make his home in your hearts after he has filled you with inner strength through the Holy Spirit and you trust 
in him. It says, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. What are we saying this morning? We're saying that God's power makes us strong, but it also makes us grounded. Somebody say, I want to be grounded. Teenagers just about had a heart attack. They're like, oh, I don't want to be grounded. I want to be grounded, man. I want to be so grounded that a hurricane could come, and I'm going to be left standing on the Word of God. I want to be grounded that no matter how big the tragedy in life could be, it doesn't knock me down. I, I, I want to be grounded. I want my roots to grow deep into the ground. And then it says, in verse 18, it says, And may you have the power to understand. The power to understand. Listen, as all God's people should, this means, this, he's saying, hey, this is elementary. This is, this is kindergarten. This is what all people should understand. All of my people should know this. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is for us. Can I tell you that God's love goes beyond your mistakes? You need to quit beating yourself up because you're not righteous enough, because you're not good enough, because you hadn't done enough. You need to quit beating yourself up and allow your roots to grow deep into the love of Christ, realizing that his love is really bigger than that. But his power gives you the ability to make the right choices. Verse 19, it says, may you experience the love of Christ. That's what I want. Though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. I want to be made complete in him. Now, the scripture that everybody likes to shout down, and I'm going to go ahead and let you this morning. Now, all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we ask or think. Glory to him in the church and the Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Okay, we love this scripture. God can do infinitely uh, above all your you ask or imagine or think man these are awesome things all the translations tell us man as far as your mind can go God can do more than that but do you know what it's talking about we've got to read it in context he just said the power that's at work within us is the power to make the right choices in life it's his power to live righteous so we think I'm never going to make it I'm never going to be good. I might as well quit now. I'm not going to make it. There's no way. There's no way that I'm going to make it into the gates of heaven because I can't be good enough. Stop it. God can do infinitely more than you can ask, think, or even imagine. He can fill in the gaps. And when you are weak, he is made strong. God can do it. Somebody shout. He can do it. So, Here's the deal. I just heard an awesome testimony. I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Brother Otwell. Man, I, I've seen Brother Sammy grow so much in this last year. And so if you haven't got, got to know Brother Sammy, uh, man, we were just talking about it in staff the other day. It's been a joy, brother. It's been a joy to watch what God's done in your life this year. And he came and talked to me this morning. He said, I got to tell you what God's done in my life. That, that's that's what, how he said it. He said, I've quit smoking. After years, after a lifetime, really, a lifetime of smoking, God has given him the ability, even though that was his weakness, he's given him the ability to do what people say you can't, you just can't stop like that. You just can't stop like that. And so, so he's been five days now without a cigarette. And God, I'm telling you, brother, that's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. Uh, now, now we don't, we don't try to highlight different weaknesses here. But for him, that was just his weakness. You know, we've all got our weaknesses. For him, that was a weakness. And God is showing himself faithful. Also, just the other day, I'm telling you, God, God rewards those who are faithful, man. You guys are faithful. 
Just the other day, I preached on unexpected suddenlies from the Holy Spirit, you know, just going to the mailbox, and, and there's just a check in the mail. Well, they had an unexpected financial blessing, just just completely unexpected, where God just met all their needs. Can we give God praise for that? Oh, I love it. I love it. Somebody say, God is faithful. You see... His, his love will empower you to go farther, and His grace will empower you to go farther than you ever thought you could. It's because of His glorious, unlimited resources that He wants to bless you with. Now listen to this. Sometimes it seems impossible to live right, but God. Teenagers, I know it's hard. I know there's temptations those of you just young people, old people, all of us, there's, 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 there's temptations out there. But I think for young people it's very hard. And, and I'm not going to discredit that. And there's going to be times where you think, man, it's just impossible. And you're going to want to give up. You're going to what's the point? I'm never going to live right. Can I tell you, but God is able to do infinitely more than we ask or even think or even imagine in our minds. Yes, it's impossible for you, but all things are possible with God if you believe. Can somebody give God praise for that? Hallelujah. So here's what we've got to do. We've got to change our expectations. We're talking a lot about that in 2020, just changing our expectations. What are we expected? If you get up in the morning and you expect that you're going to act like a big fat jerk, guess what you're probably going to do? You're probably going to act like a big fat jerk. If you get up in the morning and you expect that you're going to fall on your face and you're going to sin and you're going to, and you're going to mess up and you're just going to, um, it's just another day, I'm going to let myself down, I'm going to let my parents down, I'm not going you know, to do good enough, I'm going to fail the test. If you, it, look, if that's your expectations, then just get ready. You're, you're, you're writing your story. So sometimes we've got to change our expectations. Say, God, I know I'm a screw up. I know I am. I know I am, but I know a God who is able to do infinitely more than I can ask, think, or imagine, so I'm going to ask you to fill in the gaps today, and I'm going to change my expectations. I'm not going to mess up today. I'm not going to lie to my parents. I'm not going to cheat on the t- I'm not going to do these things. I'm not going to look at things I shouldn't look at. I'm not going to partake in things I shouldn't partake in. I'm going to live like God wants me to because God has given me the power of his grace to fill in the gaps in my life. And you know what that does? That puts your expectations on Christ instead of yourself. Anytime I have expectations of myself, I'll always let myself down. But God has never let me down when I place my expectations on him. Can somebody say amen? He's not going to let you down. Somebody say, I want the empowerment. Okay, so number three, discipline coupled with power. Listen to this. Discipline coupled with power produces spiritual fruits. As I was writing this message, uh, I remember the Lord really dealing with my heart. He said, the problem with the church is that they're trying to produce their own spiritual fruit. Like a greenhouse. How many knows that fruit grown in a greenhouse does not taste like fruit that's grown in in a garden? I've had fruit that you buy at Walmart, and I've had fruit from my grandparents' garden. It doesn't taste the same. Can somebody testify? It's different. It's just different. There's manufactured products, and then there's authentic products, and there is a definite difference in taste, feel, look, smell. It's just different. One of my favorite things is, is tomatoes. I love tomatoes, especially those little cherry tomatoes. You just eat them, you know. And, and I remember I grew up eating those out of my grandparents' garden. They would have tomatoes everywhere. Every windowsill was just covered in tomatoes. The, the beds would have flats of tomatoes on them. The, you know, you just go in their house, and there's just little cherry tomatoes just everywhere, everywhere. You could eat it all you wanted. Man, they were so good. And then I remember I got married. And Pamela went to the store, and I said, can you buy some cherry tomatoes? And I ate one of those things, and I was like, what? 
is that. It's not the same. You know, we call them Tommy Toe. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Little Tommy Toe tomatoes is what we call them. I don't know what these things were from Walmart, but they were not Tommy Toe tomatoes. It's not the same. Well, I think the church people, us, we try to produce the spiritual fruit on our own. When God says, hey, the Bible says the kingdom of God is like a farmer who plants the seed, and then night and day it grows, and the farmer doesn't understand what's happening, but he's making the fruit grow. We've got to make sure that we're putting our expectations on God, saying, God, I'm asking you to produce fruit in my life that is pleasing to you. We've got to put our expectations back on the Father. And that comes when you couple your discipline. Yes, I'm going to do my best to live right. Yes, I'm going to do my best to make the right choices. Yes, I'm going to be disciplined to make the hard choices and to finish strong. And I'm going to, be, I'm going to do my best to stay disciplined with my body and with my mouth and with my thoughts and actions. I'm going to do my best to stay disciplined, but I'm going to ask God to couple that with his power. And then spirit it's like his power is the fertilizer that makes it grow. Okay. Matthew 7.20 says this, Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. I should be able to look at Robert and say, there's no doubt he's a Christian. There's no doubt. I know he's a Christian. Uh, uh, you know, and then, and then I may look at Aaliyah and say, man, there ain't no way. She came to my house and beat me three times in a row in my favorite game. There ain't no way. If she was a Christian, she would have at least let me win one of them. I love Aaliyah. People should be able to look at us and tell, man, that guy is a Christian. There's, there's no doubt that guy, that, that lady is a Christian because she acts like one. But here's the problem. I think the church has seen buildings full of people that talk like Christians and sound like Christians, but the Bible didn't say you will know them by their words or their songs. He said you'll know them by their actions. When you hit the streets, when you hit the job, when you hit your school Monday through Friday, do people say, man, they, oh, there's no doubt, man. That, that's a goody two-shoes right there. Now, that's, you know, that's a, a you know, whatever. But, yeah, that's a Christian right there. Or they don't, I think most of the time people don't know what we are. Like a mixed breed. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You got, some, you got some fine, you know, just purebred dogs, and then you got some dogs that is like, I don't know what that is. I think it's a dog. A mutt. Can I, can I present this? Can I present this? Is the Church of America full of purebreeds or are we full of mutts? Okay, 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 okay. I know it just got lunchtime real fast. <laughs> I'm moving on. A Christian, oh, this one isn't any better, is identified by their everyday choices. Are we living like it? Okay, I'm going to move on. I don't think I even need to say anything. So here's the bottom line. You can run, jump, shout, dance, clap your hands louder than everybody else in the room, and some of you can clap really loud. You can speak in tongues until you are blue in the face and then interpret your own message. But if you ain't got godly, righteous, living, coupled with your words and your thoughts and the way you act in here, then you are a rotten tree producing poisonous fruit to the church. I don't go to church because it's full of fakes. Oh, I've heard that one. I don't go to church because that's a bunch of hypocrites. That's because the church of America is full of mutts. Mixed breeds. We're trying to be a little bit of Christian and a little bit of worldly. We're trying to be a little bit of Christian because it makes us feel good on Sunday, but then on Monday, we're back to our same old routine. Okay, okay. Somebody say, I need discipline. 
I don't want to be a poisonous fruit. Here's, look, here's the bottom line. I think the church has been, has been poisoned by pastors in pulpits who don't exercise discipline. Because pastors in pulpits have the same temptations you guys. But pastors in pulpits should be exercising discipline. Can somebody say amen? Okay, man, I know y'all are going to get excited about that. Now, churches have been poisoned by people sitting in pews who have poisoned the church because they have the same temptations the pastors have, but they ain't exercising discipline. And so, and now you live on the street with them. And they see how you act in your front yard, throwing your weed eater across the yard because it won't work, and cussing like a sailor, and and beating your kids, and, you know, okay, oh, man, why would I want to go to church with that? Okay, okay, okay. I love you guys so much, man. I thank you that you, that you, that you can handle this. I, I, I don't want to preach baloney. I, I want a good prime cut ribeye or something. You know what I'm saying? Okay, so, so look at this. Poisonous fruit. We're going to look at this, and then we're going to close. There's some beautiful fruits out there, mistletoe. We decorate our houses with it. Um, you know, mistletoe is my favorite Christmas decoration. It's, it's my favorite um, because, you know, you hang it up there, and then, and then if I can get Miss Pamela to come stand under the mistletoe, we got a little action going on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's, it's my favorite. I love mistletoe. But here's the truth about mistletoe. It's pretty. Oh, it's pretty. It's pretty. So it's a popular Christmas decoration uh, that has white or pink berries, grows in clusters. The entire plant is toxic. Although the leaves contain more poison than the berries, the berries uh, won't cause too much harm if only a few are ingested. But could you could experience, now this is bad, this is bad, convulsions, blurred vision, stomach cramps, and even diarrhea right there. Beautiful Christmas. Why do we put this stuff in our house? Oh, it's, oh, it's Christmas time. We're going to celebrate and we're going to hang up some mistletoe. It'll give you cramps and nausea and diarrhea. Now go stand under and give me a kiss. Man, what? They look good. They just might kill you. Holly berries. What is the deal? I think we need to think about some of these things we do in Christmas. In fact, we, we, our, our Christmas tree this year at my house was full of holly berries. It's kind of funny. Holly contains theobromine, an alkaloid that is related to caffeine and found in chocolate. Okay, well, that's pretty good. But if a ch- child or dog eats one to two holly berries, it is unlikely to cause a problem. But if they ingest 20 berries... It could be fatal. It's best to keep these out of the reach of children. Mine were plastic. They weren't real. So don't call DHS on me, okay? Holiday berries, they look good, but they'll kill you. They're poisonous. Jerusalem cherries. Jerusalem cherries are often kept as colorful house plants in the winter months. The berries look like orange cherry tomatoes. Look like Tommy Toes. Making them an easy target for curious children. The berries contain poison which causes gastric problems. We don't need any of that at my house. Got five kids. We got enough of that. And vomiting if ingested by children. They look good, but they're poisonous. They're toxic. You see, you can look good. You can sound good. You can play the part. But if your fruit is bad, you are poisoning not just yourself, but you're poisoning the church. I don't go to church because church people can't get along. You're poisoning the church. That's why I love Unity Church. People walk in. They say they, say they feel the peace of God. They say they feel friendliness. They feel love. Don't they, they feel all of these. That's why I love this place. It's not because of the preaching, even though I know it's good. It's not because of the music. Because I know it's good. It's because there is a peace that passes understanding that rests here. 
where people come in from all areas of life. They come in from hell on earth at, at, at their homes sometimes, and they can feel peace when they walk in the door. Listen, you can look good. You can sound good. Can I plead with you? Play. Don't just, don't just speak the part. Play the part. Can somebody say amen? Okay. We want God to produce fruit in our lives. That happens with power and discipline. Galatians 5, 19 through 23 is our last scriptures for this morning. It says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. There's no question. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, I said emphasize that because that's the one I have to work on sometimes. Selfish ambition, got to work on that one too. Dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. That is the word of God. Post-grace, after Jesus died on the cross for our sins, forgave us for our sins, says if you live this kind of way, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. God wants us to be disciplined, and he wants us to empower us with his grace to live as we should. Somebody say, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There's no law. There is no accusation from the enemy. There is no condemnation. There is no conviction. There is no law against the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's good, pleasing, and perfect. It's good to him. God says, man, look, they're being disciplined. They're making good choices. Let's empower them to go farther than they ever thought they could and to produce fruit that will last in their life. There's two other plants. They don't look that great, but they're good. Elderberries. Oh, if you haven't ever had elderberry preserves or jam, man. Has some good stuff. Elderberries are good. Muscadines. Muscadines, we had to, growing up, to get muscadines, you had to go down into the bottoms. Now, this is where we got ours anyway. They grew down, and I lived out in Bogkal and out in the country, and you go down in the bottoms. The, uh, we call them the soggy bottoms, all right? Same thing we call our two-year-old diapers. And, um, you would go down into the bottoms and you would pick you would pick muscadines. All kinds of good things are made from muscadines, but we make jelly and different things to put. Man, just so delicious. Although these berries may not appear to be poisonous, or may appear to be poisonous, they are delicious and contain, not only do they taste good, they contain needed antioxidants that can cause your body to thrive. They're good for you. I want the fruit in my life to be good for somebody else. I want my kindness to rub off on somebody. I want my gentleness to rub off on somebody. I want somebody to look at me and say, man, I want to be like that. I want people to look at you and say, man, I want to be like that. In fact, Paul said this, I want you to follow me as I follow Christ. I want my goodness that only comes from God to rub off on somebody. And to help somebody else out. Can somebody say amen? Can you give God praise for that this morning? Would you stand with me, worship team, if you guys would come? We're going to close this service this morning. You see, when you are producing godly fruit, you're causing the church to thrive. Now, I want to talk to Unity Church. Unity Church. Not Big C Church. Unity Church. I want this place to be a place where people want to come because when they get here, they experience true, genuine discipleship. I want them to know these people are really following 
Christ. Because during the week, we're producing fruit that's going to help somebody else out. I want this to be like a healthy vineyard where people come to get the hope, the healing, the restoration, the peace, the joy that they need to make it through life. Life isn't easy. But I believe that God wants to produce fruit in your life that doesn't just look good, sound good, feel good. It's actually good for you. And that's going to multiply into the lives of those in this community. Can somebody say amen to that? We want the truth. We want true, genuine Christianity. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for this church. God, I thank you that I get to pastor such an awesome body of believers. God, today I ask you to help us to be disciplined. Lord God, to be faithful to finish, to make the hard choices. But God, I pray today that you will allow the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, the power of your grace to rest upon your people. God, I pray that it will so infuse their lives, Lord God, that you will begin to develop righteousness, Lord God, that shines like, like berries in their life, shines like, like good fruit in their life, Lord God, and that it will produce a harvest of righteous living, Father, not just in them, but those that they're around, God. Lord, I pray that your grace, Lord God, will be made to shine in our lives through our weaknesses. God, that we won't beat ourselves up, Lord God, that we won't cast stones at ourselves, but God, we will realize, yes, I'm going to mess up. Yes, I have weaknesses, but His grace is sufficient. Lord God, I pray that we will live according to Your grace, not our own strengths and our own abilities. Today, I pray that we will be a disciplined people, Lord God, living, breathing, and dwelling to make You happy. God, we thank you for that. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody shouted, amen. Can you give the Lord praise for that? Hey guys, Pastor Travis here with you again. I pray that you were encouraged by today's message. Also, I would like to invite you to check out our website at ucmagnolia.com. There you can see what's going on at the church and you can give online and be a part of what God is doing right here in Magnolia and around the world. Also, we would like to invite you to join us in worship on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. God bless you, and we hope to see you soon.